Hola y bienvenidos a la Daily Hustle. Soy Enrique Barnes y presidente de su mejor cerveza. Y 818 es el mejor tequila. No abate por No Filter Network. Miguelito San Dieguito, a.k.a. Bobby Ball, a.k.a. Bobby Barrels. Not with us today, but dead or alive, job or no job. We properly salute our boy. Yes, 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 yes. Woo. Remember this, folks. When we are juiceful, we are useful. And when we are juiceless, we are fucking useless. A very pleasant good morning to you on this 12th day of September 2023. We are sponsored by KT Tape. That's right. We got the skin prep wipes, the blister prevention for my runners. You have the KT Pro Oxygen. This shit works, man. I couldn't believe it. I put on my hamstring yesterday, and it was barking. Legit. And through the course of the day, I'm like, there's no soreness. And eventually, I went and played pickle. And this is after running. 10 plus miles, and it literally was as if it went away. Now, I can't tell you that it's going to work exactly like that for you. I could just speak about my experience, and it was fucking awesome. It's been really, really uh, good. And total disclaimer, I never used KT tape before I started working with them. Never. So <clears throat> it is one of those things, too, that will also help. Keep your package safe. Safe, safe. That's right. You want to keep your package nice, tight, clean, safe, and no chafe. That's it. I know exactly how that works, but it's maximum chafing protection. BeAGreatTeacher.com today. And by the way, I'm trying to keep it tight. I went an hour and 20 minutes yesterday. Giuseppe Pepe Manuel, wasn't happy. Apparently, I was supposed to go about 44 to 48 Somewhere in that range. So today I set a alarm here to stop me at the 40-minute mark. I don't know if this is a good thing or a not-so-good thing that I could stand in front of a fucking microphone and a computer for almost an hour and a half and just riff with being totally undeterred by the amount of time that I just spent. So in an effort to clean that up, we got the alarm set, ready to go, Giuseppe Pepe. No worries about it. The thought of the day, interesting, did they did not update it from yesterday. Let's see. Yeah, geez, be a great teacher. Dot com is slacking today. It's probably not a terrible thing because I do get lost in so many other subjects and there's a lot of good ones today. Eight daily practices for a more successful, joyful life. It says here you have to find your dharma. No matter how much we know ourselves and what we want, we can still feel 
unsure about the next steps in our careers and life overall should be. Feeling trapped in a cycle with no sense of direction often leads to burnout. Take, for instance, Sunil Gupta, who felt more burnout than ever after exceeding his expectations by selling his wellness company for nearly $20 million in 2016, lost and confused Gupta, who also lectured at Harvard as a visiting scholar, realized that the key to entering the next phase of his life involved finding his way back to his center of value that his grandfather instilled in him as a young boy. You can think of your center as your purpose that keeps you grounded, even in moments of uncertainty. It's what's referred to in Hinduism as the Dharma. Okay. Uh, Gupta embarked on his own journey, gravitating back to his center and compiled a pathway for people to follow his new book. Everyday Dharma, eight essential practices for finding success and joy in everything we do. So here they are. This is an article that was written by Renee Onke. Well, thank you, Renee, for this. And thank you to our guy. Let's see. What's his name again? Gupta. Yeah. Well, here they are. Eight practices for finding your way back to purpose. Number one, discover what your purpose is. So think about what your bright spots are. Even if you're experiencing burnout, write about what brings you joy and fulfills you. Number one, let's start there. Because as somebody who writes consistently every fucking day, like it doesn't matter whether I'm writing for the Daily Hustle and sending that out via email to everybody, whether it's writing the new book, the Let Them Play, a parenting, coaching, and playing guide to youth sports, whatever. Every single day, even some of these crazy alternative broadcasts that we do at No Filter Network, like a lot of these things are scripted that I'll just, just to make sure we condense it in the time frame that we can get it and we are able to say, I'm able to say everything I want to say. Writing is is awesome. It is so therapeutic for the mind, for the body, for everything. For, it says, for example, your purpose may be, quote, to tell stories. And that can mean being an author, a public speaker, or a journalist. I like storytelling. It's a way to share experiences. It's a way to draw lessons from it. I think oftentimes, too, when I tell the story multiple times, And so long as you're telling it sort of a different way, a lot of times you'll walk away with a different perspective, which is great. Number two, commit to full-hearted devotion. Engage in other activities that bring you joy outside of your purpose. This will help you gain inspiration from your everyday duties and pour all your heart and your passion when it's time to focus on it. When it comes to your dharma, it's much better to be full-hearted and partly scheduled than a fully scheduled and half-hearted. Okay. I think there's a couple messages here. It says commit to full-hearted devotion. So, I don't know. Let's just say my full-heart devotion is no filter network, right? <clears throat> but it also says here, engage in other activities that bring you joy outside of your purpose. Interesting. Because I think your purpose, number one, can change. 
and will change. And you got to be okay with it changing. Don't over-identify yourself as anything or anybody. But I do believe that we do have to go all in in order to be great at something. We must be obsessed. But there's a balance here. And in that balance, for example, I'll go back to saying the number one purpose right now outside of my faith and my family would be no filter. Well, beyond that is let them play. Beyond that is running. Beyond that is pickleball. Beyond that is paddleboarding, which I'm going to be heading out to the lake right after this. So there's all these other things that then allow us to be able to come back to that main thing, which would be no filter, which would be the daily hustle in the morning, which would be deuces wild this evening at six o'clock. Don't fucking miss it. And it will let us maximize our ability and be better at our job. There's number two. Again, these are the eight practices for finding your way back to purpose. Number three here, value energy over time. Remember that committing to your purpose is less about how much time you invest into it and more about how much energy you give it. When examining a task, don't just consider how much time it will take, but the quality of energy it will need. Pull your energy throughout the day by taking breaks and unleash your energy when you need it the most, he adds. That is true. Because if you look at the daily hustle, usually it's under an hour. You look at it, it says, well, it's uh, probably a little over an hour. But even on a big day, that's two fucking hours out of the day. It's not really a big deal. But as most of you know, it's not just about the time that we're on in doing this. It's the obsession to think about it throughout the course of the entire day. It definitely takes my energy. And the energy that we have that we put into anything is like what we're going to get out. So if we put energy into something, into a craft, let's just, I let's call it pickleball, where if I were to take my time, which is one thing, but then my energy, your energy stays with it long after the actual time is that you're out playing the fucking game. I've become obsessed in this beautiful, fun way. Well, it's taken up this energy. And I think that's okay. Because I think more importantly, why don't we focus on our, our energy on the people that matter and the things that matter to us? And so if there's something that doesn't fucking matter to us, fuck it and fuck them. That's just how it is. Look, the most valuable resource that we have in our lives is time. That's the number one resource. Numero fucking uno. So because of that, we have to be able to go ahead and use that time wisely. But now let's make sure we use our energy wisely and we're putting it towards those people and things. Now, look out for the energy suckers because those motherfuckers are around everywhere. 
and they'll take your energy and they'll take your time. Mm-mm. Not interested. See ya. Number four, get comfortable with the uncomfortable. Sometimes leaning into what makes you uncomfortable can lead you to exactly where you need be. Quote, if you run from the pain, you also separate yourself from possibilities, Gupta says in his book. There will always be challenges in life, so it's best to take a moment to see what your current challenge is trying to teach you. Okay. The getting comfortable with the uncomfortable is one of the keys to life is one of the keys to ultra running. It is vital in growth. There is no growth without discomfort. The analogy that's always used is weightlifting where you're literally tearing down your muscles and becoming uncomfortable to then grow your muscles. And so we don't grow as individuals unless we figure out a way to tear ourselves down and put ourselves in those vulnerable moments in which growth is actually going to happen. So that is gigantic. Now, I saw a thing this morning from David Goggins. And it was something along the lines of, you don't want to work out? Go work out. You don't want to go to work? Go to fucking work. You don't want to swim? Go fucking swim. You don't want to run? Go run. You don't want to bike? Go bike. Whatever it is that you don't want to do, fucking do it. You don't want to get up at four in the morning? Get up at the fucking four in the morning. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. And then when you're able to do that, you're like, look, I don't have to say, feel my way into acting. I can act my way into feeling. Don't take your feelings too personal. The number one life advice that my dad gave me. Don't take your feelings too personal. I, I always used to think about that. Be like, what, the, what does that mean? Well, sometimes our feelings are overdramatic. And we also think the world's out to get us. And we have this victim mentality. And it's just like, no. Look. Don't take your feelings personal. Do what you need to do. Do what you believe is right. And ultimately, that'll be one of the things that helps propel you through any and all situations. And it also lets you take the naysayers and the detractors and all the people that want to talk shit and fuck them 15 times over. I'm not interested. I, it doesn't matter. And sure, we all can be sensitive and it, it happens. We're human beings and we like praise and everything else. But the more we're able to live our lives with our blinders on and go about our business and do the right thing, you know what the right thing is. I know what the right thing is. Do the right thing. And when we make mistakes, eh, I feel bad, but I'm not going to take my feelings personal either. Number five, prioritize playfulness. Find a way to incorporate more playfulness when pouring into your purpose, blurring the lines between work and play is more than a recipe for happiness. It's a recipe for success, Gupta writes. Love what you're doing more than the outcome to avoid disappointment and aim to fully enjoy the experience no matter what happens, he adds. Yeah. So playfulness 
is important. Getting those feelings that we had when we were kids is everything. Uh, blurring the lines between work and play is more than a recipe for happiness. It's a recipe for success. So when we're, and this is how I feel about, say, no filter. I never looked at this as work. I've always looked at it as something that is, uh, it's something we're building, something that I enjoy putting my time, effort, and energy into. It's more than playful in a lot of ways. Say the show with Will that I'll do tonight. I, come on, I'm talking to my fucking childhood hero. Does it get much better than that? And we're talking old stories, current events, everything. That's play. I don't know what else I'd rather do at six o'clock tonight. I just don't. So finding something that doesn't feel like work, finding something that reminds us that we're kids. And I think that's why I like pickleball so much is because number one, I completely, you can't have your phone in your hand when you're playing pickle and even running. I got my phone in my hand. If it's not in my hands, it's my pocket. It's there. If not, if I even leave it at home, I got the watch. Pickle would just, uh-uh, completely immersed in the moment. And the other great thing about Pickle, I told a buddy of mine this uh, yesterday, Daryl, he hasn't played yet. And I'm like, dude, he, was, he came by the Pickle course. I went, why haven't you played? He goes, oh, I don't know. He's like, I have all gear. I just haven't gotten going yet. I'm like, bro, it's a start that stops us. Get your ass out here. And... I literally will enjoy playing with a beginner and someone that's just getting going almost as much as I would with, say, three guys that can really fucking play. And I say almost as much. I, as you get to a higher level, you're like, that, 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 like there's nothing more exciting than the pickle at the net when it's going back and forth. But I would say that we... Uh, in, in this life, like we got to get back. And so I really enjoyed teaching Callie the other day. We we're out there for an hour, just hitting it, just doing little drills. And it's just, it's fun being out there and it's fun helping someone through the process. And you can even get a pretty fun competitive game going. If you have equally matched players, say a good player and a beginner on one side and a good player and beginner on the other. So, but that's playfulness. I think that's why pickleball is, taken on a whole rage because it's reminded all these fucking old people how much fun play was when we were kids number seven find balance hold on to say it i skipped one number six forget yourself to find yourself gupta ties this practice to a well-known quote by mahatma gandhi the best way to find yourself is to lose yourself in the service of others that's true. Try focusing more on what you can do for other people. And you may actually be guided to your true calling. So I thought about this as well from like a pickle perspective. As I took my first lesson the other day. And here's Andy, who's the pro around here. And all the dude does is give pickleball lessons, it seems like. All day. Pickle, 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 right? I'm like, dude, but he's a arguably the best or top two player here and in guiding other people you realize what he's doing for himself i know through coaching baseball i wish i coached baseball when i still played because as i'm teaching other people about the game 
I'm learning that much more. So when I come on here, even it's fucking daily hustle in the morning, as we're going to get into new stories and events and you know, whatever else, I, I become a more knowledgeable person by sharing this information with you guys. Does that make sense? Like I, I, all of a sudden my social credibility goes up. I feel like I'm more well-rounded. I walk away from it. Just, whew, I like charge myself. And so in this attempt to quote unquote, give back, I also get great rewards coming back in my direction. So forget yourself to find yourself, forget yourself and, and don't have yourself and all of your selfish motives at the fucking forefront in order to be able to receive all of these benefits. Number seven, find a balance between letting go and taking charge, knowing when to go after something and when to let go is extremely important for your purpose. Gupta notes he likened Gandhi in his grandfather's pursuits of their purpose to watching sailboat captain. There was a wind available for them to harness, and it was always important to know which way it was blowing, to never oppose the natural force and always use it to their advantage through timing and trust. Yeah. There was a phrase that I used to always mutter to myself when I played baseball. And then I continued that phrase as I got super competitive in triathlon and ultra running. And it was typically at the biggest moments. And I'd be there and say, if it was on the race course, maybe I'm struggling, maybe, you know, dealing with whether it's dehydration or just extreme soreness or pain or whatever. Uh, it could just be, man, we got a mile to go in a 140.6 mile race and it's time to fucking turn it on. And in baseball, it was the moment where I'd step into the batter's box and I'd get into the batter's box and I'd feel the air pass through my nostrils. And I'd say, let go, let God, let go, let God, let go, let God, let go, let God. And of course, it's a call to a higher spiritual being. And I, you know, at, at the same time, it's also a trust in all of the abilities that God gave me. And let go, let, like just trust it, trust it, trust it, trust it. Well, if we live our lives like that, trusting God, trusting yourself, trusting your instincts, that's gigantic in finding that balance between, hey, if your instinct is, boom, I got to get this, I got to grab this, let's go, and that's a taking charge, or it's just, I need to let go here, and whatever happens is going to happen, and Life in general is not what happens to us. It's not about that. It's about how we respond. So number eight, take action first and courage will follow. Most people believe that you need to have courage first to act on things. But Gupta believes there are some moments where you need to act first for courage to follow. I mean, dude, fuck, bro. This is exactly what I'm saying. 
We act our way into feeling. We don't feel our way into acting. Sometimes you just got to go. You got to step off the ledge. And as uncomfortable as it is, I, I, you got to do it. It's one of those things where when we force ourselves, and this goes back to Goggies, is everything we've been talking about this morning. It's never, never, ever, ever as hard as we think it is. I used to hate getting in the pool. Hate it. I, I don't know why, but it was just the initial get in the pool was miserable. And when I was two laps in, I'm like, why did I not want to get in the pool? I don't know if this is the initial shock of the cold water, the fact that I had all this, these sets in front of me that I was about to do, but I just, I didn't like it. It was the least favorite part of triathlon for me. But every single time I get in there, it would never be as bad as I thought it was. So it seems like, let me get the book because my mom actually, let's see here. Sunil Gupta is his name. And the book is Everyday Dharma, Eight Essential Practices for Finding Success and Joy in Everything We Do. So I will be purchasing this. And I'm also going to send that to my mother who reached out yesterday about finding a new book. Okay. Apple set to unleash the iPhone 15 today. It's coming. Apple's expected to debut its iPhone 15 lineup Tuesday at the company's annual September keynote event. And it could introduce the biggest change to the phone's design in 11 years, really. The press event, which Apple teased with a wonderless tagline, will take place at the company's headquarters in Cupertino, California, and will be live-streamed on its website starting at 10 a.m. local time. So that is in 51 minutes from now. Although the annual iPhone event has become formulaic over the years, announcing incremental changes in battery life, camera system, and displays. This year's Apple is expected to introduce the USB-C charging to its smartphones for the first time. The change could ultimately streamline the charging process across various devices and brands. But the company will have to show off more than just a few Charging systems to get users to upgrade. Last month, Apple sales fell for the third consecutive quarter. iPhone revenue came in at $39.7 billion for the quarter, marking an approximate 2% year-over-year decline. Here's what to expect. Let's see here. Apple's previously switched its iPads and MacBooks to the USB-C charging, but now may be the time for the company to finally make the change on the iPhones. The move will come less than a year after the European Union voted to approve legislation to require smartphones, tablets, digital cameras, portable speakers, and other small devices to support USB-C charging by 2024. I totally agree. I mean, that's a one way they continue to fuck us year in and year out, right? They keep changing the charging portals, but the USB-C is just more efficient and effective. That's the bottom line. Uh, it says this arguably could be the biggest disruption to iPhone design for several years, but in reality, it's hardly a dramatic move. Huh. Interesting. Last year, Apple's senior vice president of worldwide marketing, Greg Joswiak, publicly stressed the value 
of Ubiquity, of the Lightning Charger, which is designed for faster device charging, but noted, obviously, we will have to comply with the EU mandate. The Lightning Charger was introduced in 2012. It, look, I will say this. I don't know what charges my fucking watch. I know there's a USB-C cord to go into the watch charger. I swear, it's 15 minutes this thing's fully fucking charged. And this is the biggest, baddest Apple Watch there is until this new one that's coming out today. So I, I'm more than impressed with that USB-C. Uh, other iPhone 15 features. Let's see, the entire iPhone 15 lineup is rumored to get a dynamic island feature, an interactive home for alerts, notifications, and various controls that replaces the top notch, the notch on the top of the screen. The tool launched on the higher end iPhone 14 Pro models last year. I have two of those. Although there are a few rumors circulating about its entry level iPhone models, iPhone 15 Pro and Pro Max models are expected to get a handful of new features. According to Bloomberg, this may include a rear-facing periscope lens, okay, which allows for more optical zoom and a titanium case to make the device up to 15% lighter and thinner. The Pro models are also expected to get Apple's latest A17 chip, the first with three nanometer technology, which could deliver faster processing and a longer-lasting battery. The lineup is also expected to come in various new colors, as hinted in the Apple logo featured in the event's invitation, including navy and an updated shades of gray, white, and silver. So look out for new AirPods, Apple Watches, all kinds of other shit. Let's move on here. As time continues to run out. Damn, I could eat up some time. Uh, NFL last night. Sad story. Aaron Rodgers blew his Achilles. And you knew something was wrong immediately when he got hurt after the fourth play with the New York Jets and he stood up and then he just went right back down and he had that look of bewilderment on his face, but he 100% knew that it was done. He must've felt the pop. I think optimistically got up to, to try to, you know, just beg that it, it wasn't there. And, and it was, Look, Aaron Rodgers is a Hall of Fame quarterback. He's one of the best quarterbacks ever. I, I think he needs to be mentioned in that top group, whether it's Tom Brady, it's Joe Montana, it's Dan Marino, it's John Elway. Uh, Drew Brees uh, would be in that category as well. Aaron Rodgers is right fucking there. Fantastic career. No shame in anything if. He's not able to come back from this. I think Aaron Rodgers is a man of many different traits. This is a dude that I think, locked himself in a hurt for a week. Uh, like it was nothing. I don't know if it was a week, but it was at least a few days of, of just silence as he's trying to find himself. This guy's experimented with fucking mushrooms and whatever. He just, he seems like a dude. And I know he gets, takes a lot of shit for, from outsiders that, you know, don't get him or don't understand him, but I promise you, I, I would love to hang out with this guy. And I just feel like there's so much life after football. He has nothing fucking to prove, nothing at all. Go live your life, bro. And find something else to redirect your passion into. Now, if he's that adamant about coming back and 
just for the sake of coming back, just to prove he could do it, and one last hurrah, doesn't want to go out like that. Okay, fuck it. Run it back. I'm not going to be the person to tell anybody to walk away. I think you have to make that choice yourself. But it just seems like, I don't know, this is somebody I could see battling out with on the pickleball court and becoming a pro pickleball player or something, right? Like, he's just so dynamic. Uh, he has dynamic personality, dynamic character. It's just interesting, man. Um, that's a, that's a, literally it. Like, he's an interesting man. He, so, tough to see. Uh, look, the Bills lose last night to the fucking Jets. And uh, as you guys can see, is it, uh, if you don't know this already, diehard Bills fan. I really am. Like, have been since I was a kid. Was before the whole Scott Norwood thing. Uh, was after some of my best friends live in the Buffalo area. Busey Brothers, uh, Pat O'Connell. Shout out to my boys there. Look, I, the Jets didn't win that fucking game last night. We lost it. And I think this probably is going to be the biggest blessing that Bills fans could have ever asked for. And I say that in the sense that Sure, we want to act like everything's okay and everything's perfect and we're going to go win the Super Bowl for the first time in Bill's history this year. But let last night be a statement. And that statement says, unless you make adjustments, unless you figure out how to clean your shit up on several different fronts, including quarterback play with Josh Allen, that's not going to fucking happen. There needs to be the back step before there is the forward step. And in order to launch ourselves and propel ourselves to where we want to go in life, it's inevitable that there's going to be this up and down. Well, right now, it's a little bit of a down for the Bills. And I'm not just talking about last night. Last night was a microcosm of how the end of the year went. So when I ran across this article this morning, it, it actually pissed me off. I, it, I was like, what the fuck? It says Bills, Josh Allen, long on ability, but short on football IQ. That's bullshit. And I'm still going to say it's bullshit. But if you read the article, it's not necessarily indicative of what the article says. It says the Bills lost in horrific fashion to the Jets, but the bigger issue is Josh Allen and the coaching staff failing to learn from their repeated mistakes. A little bit, but you have to understand, sometimes you have to repeat that mistake again to realize, oh yeah, because you get lost in the new season. And that's what last night was, this new season. But they had the game in their fucking hands. All they had to do was run the football. That was it. If they had run the football, and just shoved it down the Jets' throats as much as possible. Played the field position game. I Wilson was not going to come down and win the fucking game. It just wasn't going to do it. I mean, the one catch that was made by the other Wilson was just... I, I don't know how he fucking caught that ball. But this wasn't happening. So sometimes when you're a good team, you don't need to force the issue, especially because it's a really good defense. And that's what happened. Now, the first interception that Josh Allen threw was just a deep pass. He got picked. 
I, 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 I that was like a punt. It, it actually was, I, I'm looking at it. I'm like, dude, that's a, that's a great play. Cause he caught it like the three yard line. You got to pin him all the way back there. Uh, the next two, not so much. The next two were, were not great picks. And specifically the last one, when it was just totally forced, like, Hey, we're coming down here. When they say, well, look, we saw this towards the end of last year. And let's not forget that like the bills getting blown out at home by the Bengals like that. Oh, fuck, man. Like that was really, really a hard to watch. And so the thought and idea of going back to a little game management and the bills defense was fantastic, by the way, but you go back to game management from an offensive perspective with Josh Allen, like, dude, he's a gunslinger. I get it. The guy could fucking run. He could throw, he could throw the ball downfield. I'm sure he could throw 75 balls, 75 yards in the air, but let's pull in the reins right now and just go back to the simplicity. And then sometimes when you, when you pull in those reins, now pretty soon, like all of a sudden these holes are going to open up. So, uh, you know, the whole article, again, I'm not, I'm not going to get into it at this point. It's just run out of time, but it's really, really, really good. And, you know, ultimately they got burned on a special team, a shitty punt. And that was, you can't even blame the special teams. Uh, the punt was terrible punt. And then he had all the space in the world and, uh, you know, good story uh, with the guy. Uh, apparently I don't watch hard knocks, but Xavier Gibson was like the star of hard knocks at the end when he made the team. He's an undrafted free agent and to go from, you know, being one of the last guys to make the team to now, you know, a star on Monday night football, a great story, but overall, you know, with the bills, I, again, like it, it talks about the, they're short on football. Like you fuck that. No, they know McDermott knows. Josh Allen knows, but there's one thing about knowing actually, trust me there. I mean, I, that was the same way as a baseball player. I, I knew what the fuck I was doing. I just didn't always make the plays. I might've taken a too aggressive of a route or thought I could hit this pitch that I couldn't hit whatever it was. So it's just, sometimes you got to step back. And I think this is a nice step back for the bills. Uh, they have the Raiders at home next week. That's a fucking must win game. It really is. Uh, that's a statement game. And so I, look, Jimmy G and company going into fucking Buffalo, no chance, no fucking chance. But instead of trying to score 60 points in the first quarter, let's, let's walk before we run. Moving on. We had the uh, week one, look at this, and already, with a week one takeaways, we have week one bad beats. We have AI robots in the stands at the Charger games. How about that? AI robots were actually scattered throughout SoFi Stadium. Just fucking creepy, man. Could you imagine sitting there next to a fucking robot that really, I mean, these things looked like humans. It was, it had to have been a trip. It says there's nothing better than the first half of Sunday of the season, whether you're sitting on the couch for the afternoon or football action or finding your seat amongst friends to cheer on your favorite team in person. The first NFL Sunday is like a warm blanket on a cold winter's night. It just feels right unless you're sitting next to a robot. I mean, look at those fucking things, man. 
That is some really, really creepy shit. But the good thing for the Chargers is that it actually puts people in the stands for him. That's one way to go ahead and fill a, a stadium. I, we are going to get to the bad beats. I'll do it tomorrow. I Again, I just can't believe how quickly this 40 minutes came up. The MLB uh, scores last night. Uh, going to skip on those two, but the Giants won their fourth in a row. They're a game and a half back. Blake Sable, an RBI base hit in the 10th inning to tie the game. Then he stole second. And he came home on late night Lamont Wade Jr.'s base hit, and the Giants won. So they're now just a game and a half back in the wild card. Matt Olson, by the way, of the Atlanta Braves, hit his 49th and 50th homer of the season. What a year he's put together. I had a chance to interview him a few years ago. Just a fucking awesome dude. Ronald Acuna Jr., uh, he's chasing 40. I believe he hit his 36 last night. Uh, if the season were to end today, by the way, I didn't pull his bracket up, so we'll go over it briefly. If it were to end today, the bracket would look like this. A best of three format. AL wildcard series. Rangers at the Twins and the Blue Jays at the Rays. The Orioles and the Astros would have buys. The National League Wild Card Series would be the D-backs at the Brewers and the Cubs at the Phillies. So, again, the Giants, for all our Bay Area fans, would be on the outside looking in. And then the Braves and the Dodgers would have buys. The AL Division Series would be either the Rays or the Blue Jays at the Orioles or the Twins or the Rangers at the Astros in the NL would be, and this is best of five again, the Phillies and Cubs at the Braves, Phillies or Cubs at the Braves, and the Brewers or D-backs at the Dodgers. They have all kinds of tie-breaking scenarios and everything else. Uh, By the way, Hurricane Lee, tracker, follow the path, the Category 3 storm as it continues to move north. Yeah, 8 a.m. Tuesday, it looks like this thing is definitely starting to make its way north. It's a category three that is going to be turning back into a four. It doesn't look like it's going to hit the East Coast at all, though. It's going to end up brushing by Bermuda, which uh, could be pretty shady. And as it continues to intensify, I just think you're going to look at some big waves and whatnot on the East Coast. All right. Um, the last thing that I want to get into here, this Heisman watch thing, by the way, let me settle this. So I pull up this article, 2023 Heisman trophy rankings, top contenders entering week three. So they go through all of these guys. I mean, dude, the quarterback from Arkansas, the wide receiver from Florida state, uh, quarterback from Miami. Ole Miss, uh, Washington State. They're going through all these fucking guys, right? Uh, running back from Georgia, Carson Beck, DJ Daniels, quarterback from LSU. I, I didn't think it beat. I mean, Kyle McCord, uh, quarterback from Ohio State. Marvin Harrison Jr. So let's put him there. 
let's let's start there because that is one legit motherfucker that definitely has a chance to win the Heisman. But I can't believe how many names that they were putting in here. Travis Hunter's another one that the wide receiver slash cornerback from Colorado, legit Heisman candidate. Uh, I think you know for sure. And look, some of these guys might propel themselves after the first couple of weeks, but it doesn't go much further than Shadur Sanders. Dion's kid, 393 yards in the second game after racking up 510 in the first fucking game. Colorado Buffs football has taken over the entire sporting world. They are the number one fucking story, period. And if you're going to look at anybody other than Dion as coach of the year or his kid as the Heisman Trophy winner and player of the year right now, you're fucking crazy. They are them. That's it. It's as simple as that. There's nobody else. Sam Hartman has been fucking terrific for the Fighting Irish. I'm a Fighting Irish fan. Love Notre Dame. He doesn't hold Shakur Sanders' jockstrap right now. He just doesn't. He doesn't. Nobody does. It's not just statistics. It's everything else that comes with it. And when you come and take over the fucking sporting world like this, hey, you tip your cap and you say, I can't wait to watch on Saturday when you take on Colorado State. That's it. So, on that note, we'll get out of here with some life optimization. Ah, let's grab Admiral Willie McCraven's book here on this lovely Tuesday. And get into the hero code. I will learn to sacrifice by giving a little of my time, my talent, and my treasure to those in need. Every day, without fail. Help somebody out today. You'll be shocked at the residual benefits that come back your way. Deuces Wild tonight, 6 p.m. West Coast time. 8 p.m. Will Clark time. That's Louisiana. And 9 p.m. Eastern. I'll see you at the lake. That's it. See ya!